You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. It's midnight somewhere. It's midnight. It's midnight Hi, this is Mistress McCutcheon coming to you from downtown Toronto, and I have a beer and you don't. I am, of course, accompanied by my partner in crime, The Wasteland. Who also doesn't have a beer and you're withholding. (laughs) For today's episode, we are pleased to be joined by Jack Armando of Panic Priest. Hi, Jack. Hey there. How's it going? Not bad. Not bad. So part of what prompted our discussion today was that Second Seduction was released on limited edition vinyl for Bandcamp Day. Tell us how that came about. Yeah, um, I'm super excited about it. And I just was honored to be contacted by Midnight Mannequin, by Adam from Midnight Mannequin specifically. And He reached out to me and just told me he was a big fan of the album and was wondering if I'd be interested in a vinyl release. I Obviously, I released the album on Negative Gain, and at the time, we didn't make a vinyl. So I was like, yeah, I I mean, I would love to see Second Seduction on vinyl. And we kind of got together and with Negative Gain, and we worked out the details, and here we are. Nice, nice. It's a beautiful edition, too, I gotta say. I'm bowled over by... uh, just how much love and care Midnight Mannequin has put into the release. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It makes me feel good. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm honored to have him working on it and it, it makes me feel good as an artist to, it, you know, it's, it's, it's validating and gratifying to see that someone, uh, has that much, uh, love and care for the album and, and, uh, that, that means a lot. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Very cool. So since that's relatively new, if we go back to the beginning, what, where does Panic Priest start? Like, how, what is your origin story? Well, I, my origin story, I feel like I should have something where I'm coming out of the grave and maybe some fog and some superpowers. Uh, but <laughs> my, my the dead uncle's my, always popular. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, I guess the more boring reality is that um, I, I've been in making music for many years and I was in a band called My Gold Mask before I was in Panic Priest. And I, I was a principal songwriter in that, in that band, but I was not the lead singer. And as that band was sort of just going through its cycle and winding down, um, I started writing songs on my own that were specifically kind of centered around my voice and for me to sing. And I sort of embraced my natural voice more and that became kind of the centerpiece for what I started how I started writing and as I started writing I really realized that um, I really just want to do primarily like a dark wave kind of thing for multiple reasons and so a because I've always loved that music and b because it really was just jiving well with my voice and and where my head was at as a songwriter Um, and so that's kind of what started off Panic Priest and the first album, uh, and I went to Negative Game with that uh, because Negative Game knew me through my old band, and I just was curious to see if they'd be interested in it. And um, when I first sent it their way, you know, I'm I'm not sure they knew what to expect, and basically they told me that all the songs got stuck in their head and they couldn't stop <laughs> stop singing them in their heads. So um, that's how the first album came out, which of course led to a another album a couple years after that. I mean, getting songs stuck in people's head is really what you want, right? I've always been very focused on melody. 
Um, that's always a huge, uh, huge thing for me. Melody and emotion are probably the two most important things for me as a songwriter. Cool. Yeah. And it was funny because uh, when I saw on your bio, my gold mask, I was like, oh, Violet Eyes. I remember that song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That was our, that was one of our bigger songs. Yeah. Yeah. That's been, that was a while back. Cause I was like, that's like 10 years, over 10 years ago at this point. (laughs) Don't tell any, (laughs) and give away my age. Yeah. No, I've been around. I've been around. Yes. And Violet Eyes was sort of, in a lot of ways, um, a, ha, there, you can, for me anyway, personally as an artist, there's kind of like a direct line from Violet Eyes to what I'm doing now. Um, because Violet Eyes was sort of a song that I wrote, obviously, with Greta, and really kind of started pulling out some of those, uh, I guess you could say more dark wave centric influences. Even though My Gold Mask had more of an indie, I guess you could say bent to it. That's really where I started exploring those things. Okay. Yeah, it was just it was a nice flashback to to go back to Michael Basque and go, oh, okay, this is the progression. Like it it, it went from there to to this, and then um, with Second Seduction, there's a really fantastic video for Lonely City that came out in April of 2020 in the early days of the lockdown. Because uh, yeah, seeing that, I have to say, really. I think it it just brought me such delight to see everybody coming together to create that video. What has your experience been like during the pandemic? Well, you know, we've all had been, we've all had our own personal experience. Um, And I would say that, yeah, Lonely City was special. And so like, I actually wrote Lonely City way before uh, I knew there was going to be a pandemic or much less a, a lockdown of any kind. And at the time that I wrote it, it it was like I had a, it was a riff that I had just floating around from a long time ago that I kept playing with, and then I eventually sort of molded it into the song. And when I write, it comes from a very just emotional uh, place within me as I as I kind of just let words flow out of me. And lonely city popped out of me, and then those words I kind of focused in on what that meant to me and that emotion. And when I did the song, my co-producer um, engineer Brian Fox who did Second Seduction, he, it was always one of his favorites. And I, it actually, when I first started writing Lonely City, I kind of, it was one of the last ones I wrote and I thought it was kind of a throwaway song at first, to be honest with you. And then as we started playing it and really producing it, um, we were like, no, this is, this is, there's something here. And then he, he actually mentioned this idea of, you know, I picture these people dancing around in their apartments to this song this was way before there was a shutdown or a lockdown or anything. Mm-hmm. So when oh, the wow. lockdown, when the lockdown happened, and I decided to release the album during that time period, which I almost did not, but I decided to, um, that idea popped back into my head, and I said, "Wow, <laughs> that would actually be really amazing if uh, I could do that now." And for multiple reasons, a I like everyone else was really kind of losing their minds during that time, and really needed something to distract me and to work on and to focus on. Um, so in a way to connect with people. So I reached out to friends and, and, you know, various people that I thought might be interested. And I asked them if they'd like to just record something at home during the lockdown. And a lot of people much to my, I mean, it was, I can't just tell you how much, how much joy I got opening these files while I was sitting at home, you know, locked down and just a huge smile on my face as I got a, another one of these 
videos of people kind of just goofing around. And I told people just have fun, you know, even or don't have fun. I kind of said, do whatever you're feeling, you know, right now or whatever, however you feel like you want to express yourself uh, because we really can't. And so it was a pleasure for me. And I think it I think it was a pleasure for them, too. And I think it was a pleasure for the people that watched it when it came out. But a lot of it was just kind of odd timing. Yeah. And I mean, it really shows in the video, too, because you can see there's there's a guy kind of looking out the window. There's a lot of longing and then there's roller skates involved and there's all right. sorts of dancing happening in the apartment. And and yeah, it, it really, really struck a chord in those early days when we were all like, gee, is this going to be a couple of weeks, a couple right. of months? And now we're a couple of years in. So it's right. been. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really it. I kind of just said, told people, just do however you're feeling. I was, if you want to be goofy, be goofy. If you want to be serious, be serious. If you, if you're not in a good mood and you want to express that, express that. You know. Um. So it really was. And then I, I was lucky to have an amazing editor. David Gall edited it, and he did. I've worked with him before. He did a a video for my, on my first album, Die Divine, and he's done a lot of photography for me. And I reached out to him and I said, Hey, do you think you can edit this together? And he just did such a beautiful job editing it and having it sync up with the music in a way that really worked um, beyond what I, what I expected. So it was a, a very positive experience in that, yeah. in that regard. A positive, it was definitely a bright spot in a dark time for me. Probably for a lot of people, for everybody in the video. Well, and that, yeah, and that makes me feel good that at least, if nothing else, then at least there was that from releasing the album, and that makes it worth it to me. All right. So there's a Visceral Anatomy remix on Shiver and Crawl, and Vincent from Wingtips does contribute to Second Seduction. Uh, is there a big collaborative scene in Chicago, or is it just here and there with certain artists? Well, I, for me personally, I don't know if I can speak to as a whole, a larger as a whole, about Chicago. I think that kind of depends on people's personal experiences and relationships. But I, do, I think generally speaking, yes. But for me personally, I mean, I'm friends with Vincent and Hannah. Vincent was my roommate at one point. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. and so, yeah, we, we've definitely done some collaboration. He actually, him and Hannah actually even appear on the first record on the Holy ghost. They, I was still learning a lot about synths and drums and doing that stuff on my own. And I had this song, the Holy ghost, and we were getting close. I was getting close to my self-imposed deadline of wrapping that album up. And I really wanted, I wrote that song kind of last minute and I needed help. And Vinny and Hannah did the drums and synths on that song. And then on Second Seduction, Vinny does uh, a really kind of shredding guitar solo <laughs> on a song called Bleed Again, which I love, which is probably my favorite part about that song. And we were just hanging out in the house and we're both secret Kiss fans. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and we were kind of like, you know, kind of like goofing, around, goofing off listening to like things like that and like Ace Freely solos and stuff like that. And he was like, I want to do it. I want to do like an Ace Freely solo on one of your songs. And I was like, okay, let me think about how that's going to fit <laughs> on. But I was totally for the idea. And then that's on Bleed Again. And we found a great spot. And Brian Fox did a great job of recording it and mixing it in and producing it. And so, yeah, th that was but that was kind of like a like just a friend coming over to the studio and doing something cool. And then with Visceral Anatomy, I love Hannah, uh, stage presence, and they're both just such immensely talented people. So yeah, I reached out to them when I was looking for people to do remixes. Oh, nice. Very cool. I remember the first time I saw Wingtips and they kept, just kept switching instruments. I'm like, they, they, they both play everything, don't they? They're <laughs> both immensely talented and 
yeah, I love both Visceral Anatomy and Wingtips. Uh, they're both great people. And yeah, Wingtips is probably one of my favorite bands. So. Oh, nice. Even if I didn't know them, I would, I would feel that way. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've seen them. Uh, they've come through once. Uh, they're going to be back in June with traders here in Toronto. So we're looking forward to uh, seeing them again. Always a good time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it took a bit to schedule this interview because you've been recovering from COVID. Can yeah. you tell us about your experience? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it, it wasn't that bad. I'm going to start by saying that. But at the same time that it wasn't that bad, it was um, surprising to me. You know, because I'm, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, all that kind of stuff. It was surprising to me how much it kind of lingered and how it would come in waves. I definitely think I'm happy I'm, I'm, I was vaxxed and boosted. I think it definitely minimized my um, reaction to it. And, you know, it sucks because it sucks I had to cancel a show or whatever. But really, you know, it's like, and so it made it hard for me to sort of schedule something like an interview just because my head was kind of spacey and I couldn't really focus on anything but letting my body recover. But ultimately, I had a mild experience. And I think that that's where we're at, hopefully, with this for the most part. Obviously, there's people, though, that have pre-existing conditions and have lowered immune systems. And I think we all still need to be aware of that. And I think even if I was sort of recovering at the end of, I still would have canceled the show just to be extra safe, you know, for other people, for other people, if, if nothing else. Yeah, definitely. Because I know there was certainly a lot of concern with, okay, things are opening back up again, and people are kind of treading in very slowly and very carefully. And then with like an event like cold waves happening in Chicago, you know, and people traveling in, it was kind of like, well, how do you navigate through this? And I think we're all still just trying to learn how to navigate through this new world of ours. As we were saying earlier, we'd like it to be a little less interesting. Yeah. Right. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this is the world we live in now and I think people are going to get COVID and people are going to have to take time off for that and recover. But hopefully the, I think the main thing is hopefully the hospitalizations and the deaths don't spike. And I think that's the main thing. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we're trending in the right directions in, car, in terms of that. Right, right. That it's going more the path of uh, becoming endemic. Exactly. I mean, at some point, we're probably all going to get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I keep hearing. I, I keep, I'm still surprised I haven't. <laughs> I was surprised, you know, I was surprised I went as long as I did. <laughs> I mean, I work face to face with the public every day, so I'm really right. surprised I haven't. <laughs> sure. I, I, I'm currently operating under the, uh, the assumption that I had it, but I was asymptomatic and didn't realize it. And that can happen, yeah. 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 So what is your musical inspiration? What drew you to music? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) What drew me to music? I mean, so much drew me to music. I mean, just even since I was a kid, just music always had an important part in my life. It really kind of got me through difficult times. It sort of always was like a source of almost like self-empowerment to be able to listen to music when it seemed like the rest of the world was, wasn't there for me, whether it was or not. It probably was. But, you know, sometimes when you're going through the different phases of your life, it feels that way. And music always got me through that kind of thing. And I always, melody, and, and uh, I always was fascinated with the technical side of songwriting as well and just fascinated with that. And I've also loved to perform. And I, I used to do acting when I was younger. And I loved acting. But one thing that I love about music is 
you're still performing, but you're still kind of yourself. Like, yes, you're putting on a public show. Some people to varying degrees may have a persona or not for that type of stage thing. But ultimately that's a much more coming from you kind of performance versus playing a a role that is completely not you, you know, which that's amazing. And there's an art to that, but I, uh, I really, it was, a, that's part of the appeal for, of music to me as, as far as the performance aspect goes. And I always was fascinated with writing songs and wanting, wanted to be a songwriter. I was kind of like the nerd that would read every single line or note on an album and be curious, like who wrote what songs and who played what on what songs. And so I always kind of like, I guess in a weird way, fetishized the idea of making my own albums and seeing my name in those places when I was younger, you know. I read all the liner notes too. I was there. Yeah. So <laughs> make you feel better. Yeah. I'd also read all the thank yous and they'd thank other bands. I'm gonna be like, I don't know that one. I'm gonna go yeah. find it. Yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. You know, I, I still love albums in that regard. Like, you know, I listen to music like everyone else does with playlists and Spotify and all that kind of stuff, but there's a special thing about an album. Yes. Which is why I'm so happy also going back to Midnight Man again and this release, they really get that aspect, the love of like an album. And I think it shows in the package that they put it together for this. Yeah, it, like I said, it's 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 a beautiful I I, I hope I hope I can get one. <laughs> get one, go ahead. <laughs> Finance thing, shipping to Canada is not yeah. cheap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel you. That's what'll get you for sure is the shipping Nothing's on that cheap stuff. these days. <laughs> no, it's not. Also true. You know, yeah, cost you of know, food's it, going up, which means ability to buy records goes down. It sure does. But you know, that's that's the thing. It's sometimes I hear artists complain. It's like, oh, I you know, I, I wish people would buy more albums and you know, and and streaming revenue and this and that. But you know what? Hey, at least we live in a world where people can just put your album on and listen to it. No matter what their income level, anyone can have a way into your music. And so I, I think all that stuff is a positive thing. Yeah. I And I I love what you say about like looking at the lyrics and like looking at those liner notes, because having great dance, danceable music, something that you can really like cut a rug on a dance floor with is is really powerful. But having something that's got that emotion behind it as well. Both those things are accomplished so beautifully on Second Seduction. Because I remember, again, when Adam came to us from Midnight Mannequin and said, would you be interested in talking to Jack? We're like, I was like, hell yeah. Because he was he was like, it's a solid album. And I'm like, I am very prone to agree because it has been on my playlists for quite a bit. So Aww, well, thank that, you for that. No, thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I I don't know. I, um, I, I like, I've always liked uh, danceable music, but my favorite danceable music has always been something that has that bit of emotion behind it as well, you know? Yeah, it just gives it some, some heft. It's not just a, I mean, Lady Gaga writes some great pop oh, songs, yeah. but they're well, really vapid, but well, there's sure. something where it's really I think cutting you. Some, I think she's got some emotional... Dance. I think she's got some emotional material in there. I think I yeah. think it's more of the the dance music with no emotion and it is like Skrillex. Valid. <laughs> okay. But you know, I would say just in defense of vapid pop music, you know, there's a place for that as well. 
And, and I, I don't think one is necessarily, I don't think what I'm doing is necessarily more valid than any other type of music. It's just what I do and, yeah. and my own personal preference. You know what I mean? And that's totally fair. It's, it's not that it's bad. It's just not for you. <laughs> right. And, and sometimes if I'm in the right mood, it is for me. You know, it kind of, I, I look at music where it's kind of like, you know, I, I look at it like other medias because I ingest lots of types of media like movies and I'm, I'm a huge movie, like horror movie fan, and I'm a comic book, you know, reader, and I read lots of books and yada, 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 lots of stuff. And I look at it where, you know, sometimes you want to go see a big popcorn block, summer blockbuster, you know, <laughs> you and, you, yeah, and sometimes that's all you want. And then other times you want to watch some, some in-depth docudramas <laughs> series and, and I think music can be that same way um, where it yeah. doesn't, you know, you don't have to limit yourself to or feel guilty for having different moods and wanting different music. Sometimes you want music just to vacuum your house to, you know, <laughs> and, you that's, know, that's, and that's, just as, that's just as valid as any any other type of music to me, you know. Put on the vacuum and the power noise and see if and you can tell which is which. And just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great point. And that segs into my next question really nicely. Because I wanted to ask, what songs or albums are you listening to currently? So I, I do tend to... I do tend to listen to like friends bands a lot that I've connected with or that I've met. It kind of, I don't think it's necessary for to enjoy someone's music. There's a lot of music I listen to that I know nothing about the person. And I, maybe I don't care to know anything about the person. <laughs> but then there's, but there's also a special thing when you kind of uh, are at a show or you play a show with someone, you have this other level or layer, I should say, to the, to when you listen to the music. So I've been listening to Vision Video. Me and Dusty have hit it off and um, hung out playing another show together in July. And I, I think Vision Video is an amazing band with depth and uh, also has fun and constructs great songs. I listened to, like I said, Wingtips, just an amazing stuff. Played a song with Bistial Mouths in uh, South by Southwest for the Negative Gain Showcase. And Lynette is just brilliant. and that was an amazing show. So I've been listening to them. Um, I've always been a big fan of Corinne. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listen to them a lot. And it just kind of rotates around. Um, I was listening to Eon Rings earlier today. and But then I also listen to classic things. And lately I've been on a Oingo Boingo Danny Elfman kick. So. <laughs> yeah, nice. <why> not? <laughs> nice. Well, he just recently played... Um... Coachella. Coachella, yes, yes. and apparently everybody's it, freaking out about it. Oh, it, I mean, I haven't watched the whole. I want to. I want to watch the entire concert, but I saw clips, and it's just amazing. I mean, I'm just like I'm. I'm, I'm looking at a six-year-old, eight-year-old man, and and uh, granted, Danny Elfman has a lot of resources behind him and a lot, all yeah. of these kinds of things. And but wow, you know, I still think even someone without all those resources wouldn't do the type of stuff he does. Yeah. Yeah. So. When we were talking and trying to set this all up, you uh, kind of let slip. You were working on a new album, so I'm gonna ask what you got going on, like in themes and tone and all that. I don't want you to, you know, go too deep, but what you're willing to talk about? Sure. Um, well, you know, I'm still kind of digesting what the album means to me. You know, it, it took time, even after Second Seduction came out, for me to sort of reflect on it and some and really kind of feel like, oh, that song is kind of means this to me or that to me. And I didn't, or that was really kind of about that. And I didn't really notice it until a year later. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And, 
but one thing I have noticed about the new album so far is that I I wrote it entire almost entirely. Some of the stuff started before and some of it was finished after, but I wrote the bulk of it during the lockdown. And at, on reflection of, of it now, at first I thought, oh man, whatever I write during the lockdown is going to be real heavy and dark. And But oddly enough, um, it's like I think I was just craving fun and missing going out to like goth night dance parties and new wave dance 80s night and have I missed having that release and I feel like the album sort of reflects me uh, kind of exp- like that release or that need for that release so there's a little I will say it's still dark and moody as as you would expect a panic free sound to be but there's a little bit of fun to it I would say um in general. And I was pushing myself sonically as well to do things I hadn't done before. Yeah. Okay. Is Angel Steel part of this album? Because I we noticed that a single had kind of come up in between. So Yes. Angel Steel will be on the album. There's going to be a slightly different mix and master, but it will be on the album. It's one of my favorite tracks on there. And that one has like sort of a deeper message. Some of the other ones, I say deeper, but you know, I, I guess I mean... It's not just about sex or, <laughs> or about the death. You know, my my well, tagline. left? No. <laughs> my tagline has always been like, uh, "What death, sex, and doomed romance?" You know, and I think a lot of my subject matter can fall into one of those categories, or some aspects to those categories. But um, yeah, Angel Steel is on there, and the re- it, it, the reason why the single came out. So long ago, originally this album was gonna was gonna come out closer. I really wanted at first. I was like, you know, I really just want to uh, follow up because it was two years between my first album and my second album, mm-hmm. um, and I was trying to not do that again with the third album. But it's gonna be two years <laughs> in between Second Seduction and this album. I just life, you know, life goes on and gets in the way of things sometimes, and I need to not feel rushed, and I need to feel comfortable with the songs and feel like they're in a place that I'm ready to release them to the world. And I'm finally approaching that time. And it looks like an October release for this album. And it is called Psychogoria. All one word. I made up the word. Don't quite ask <laughs> All me. All words what are it, made up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't, <laughs> don't quite ask me what it means yet, but I'm still figuring that out. And uh, there are some, there's some fun with my love of horror films uh, strewn about the album here and there as well. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds like a a fantastic B movie horror <laughs> slasher. There you go. Which you're, we're, you're, we're here for it. You're on the yeah, right. We're here path. for that. Yes, <laughs> and uh, obviously Angel Steel isn't really indicative of that. So there's different things on the album, but yes, there's a strong presence of that type of vibe on the album. Okay. Okay. So with the world opening up, kind of a little bit, and things kind of being like we're navigating through this this interesting place are you uh planning any shows do you have any shows coming up have you been playing out or are you yeah. planning to be playing out yeah so i've just been doing one-offs here and there i've played a few local shows i've done south by southwest and then coming up i'm playing uh minneapolis it's a dark energy event which are always amazing i don't nice. know yeah and um that's on may 7th and I'm hoping I say their name, Knox Navicula, I think is how they say their name. I'm playing with them and I'm really excited to play with them because they're freaking awesome from everything I've seen and heard online. Mm-hmm. And then it's not announced yet, but in July I'll be playing with Vision Video again here in Chicago. 
Okay. And there's some other things out of town that I am looking at, but because my album is coming out October, I'm kind of looking to maybe save some of the more out of town stuff for after the new album comes out. So a tour would be a few months off yet then. Yeah, I'm looking more to to kind of release the album and and I'm not a lot of my friends have been hitting it hard and going out and playing every night and I'm happy for them. That's awesome. I love nothing more than being on tour. It's it's when I'm on tour, I always think this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. But with the reality of just life and things like that, um I have to sort of plan out when I do those things a little strategically. And mm-hmm. it makes sense for me, I think, to focus um, on after the release of a, a brand new album. But I will be—I'll be playing shows. Everyone should just follow me, and then you'll—you'll you'll see when I play shows. <laughs> well, that—that that makes it easy. Yeah, Let everybody follow him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What? What? Uh, what avenues? This is the chance to plug all the URLs. So where sure. should folks follow you? Well, I, I made it really easy for everyone because all you have to do is put Panic Priest into any platform and you'll find me because <laughs> <laughs> there's, I can't think of a single one that I don't have an account on and that isn't called panic priest. So if you type in panic priest and anything, you're going to find me. Okay. So that leaves us with our very last question. What song of yours would you like us to play you out on? Oh, wow. Well, there's so many songs on second seduction that I truly love, but I think with the talk we had of, Lonely City, I think it's appropriate that we end on that note there. Let it be done. (laughs) All right. And if you haven't seen the video yet, uh, please go to YouTube. There is a channel for Panic Priest on YouTube, and uh, you need to watch the Lonely City video. And here's the song right here.
this podcast, but it's almost called Out of the Way, Peck. 